Alrighty. Alrighty. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Steve and Pastor Paul. We're here. Hi, Pastor. How are you hey, doing tonight? Steve. We have a really good one for you tonight. Actually, we're going to, it's our beginning of our study on, I guess we're going to term this, what, the Holiness Code? Yes, the Holiness Code. And part of what we're going to discuss, and, and like I said, this is going to, this is a large topic and it touches a lot of areas. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but we're, the bottom line of what we're going to deal with is uh, what does the law of Moses and how did the apostles use it in the New Testament? How did Jesus use it? And the question, I guess, is uh, does the Holiness Code have anything to do with the believer today? Mm -hmm. And does anything in the law have to do with the believer today? Now, we all know because of New Testament revelation that, no, we're not saved by the law. No, no, no. But the, the thing is, is that they said that Jesus came to what? The, the fulfill, fulfill the law. Yeah, fulfill the law. Fulfill it. In fact, Paul said things like this in Romans. He said the law is good. Yes. And he said the law is holy. Yes. Um, and so when you're going through the New Testament, and this is one of the things that we try to, to make very clear in the church, and and uh, when, when you have the New Testament, especially when we're reading through the letters and that are written in different churches. Some are written to an individual. Uh, but when the word commandment's used, mm -hmm. what in the world is being spoken of in the New Testament? Uh, we were briefly talking about this uh, in our Sunday morning uh, messages, uh, our Sunday morning service, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I started uh, a mini-series on unpacking First Thessalonians 4 and 5. Yeah. And when you read there in the very beginnings of chapter 4, Paul talks about the word instructions that we gave you. Mm -hmm. He said, you know what commandments we gave you. Yes. And, uh, and considering that 1 Thessalonians is more than likely the first New Testament letter ever written, uh, he's obviously not referring to First and Second Peter. <laughs> okay, no. He's not referring to the Gospels because they hadn't been written yet. Uh, and, and so obviously he's thinking of something in the Old Testament and that's why we're going to look at the Holiness Code because uh, if we read the Bible in context and we look at how the apostles and Jesus himself related to the Holiness Code, I think it becomes obvious that uh, it's a part of our sanctification. Yes. It is an instruction on how we walk and how we please God. Yes, it is. And, um, okay, so what we, we, we have to understand one thing here, and there's a lot of... A lot of talk about this. There are certain individuals out there that are saying, like Pastor, you're talking about that one dude saying that uh, we want to unhinge from the Old Testament. Yeah, unhitch, actually. Or unhitch, unhitch. Okay, from the Old Testament. When Paul himself, you see, and this is one of the things that I, I thought was a good thing to bring out was that what Bible did Paul have when he was writing all those? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, well, well, when, one of the things we do know is that he was primarily using the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Hebrew, but, he, the also used, but he also used Hebrew. Yes. Uh, as, you know, and so, you know, when you see things, they preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times we think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but these things were written much later. Much later. He didn't have the gospels yeah, in written form yeah, like we have. We're talking about all the missionary journeys of Paul 
and there's three primarily one primary ones and the first one was Paul and Barnabas mm -hmm. the other ones were like with people like Timothy uh, uh, Silas and others yeah uh, when it says they preach the gospel they weren't preaching from Matthew Mark Luke and John because they didn't exist at that moment no uh, the, you know, and, and so yeah, they're preaching from the Old Testament. When yes. the Bereans, they're in a in a what what's that Acts uh, seventeen, I believe. Okay, uh, seventeen or eighteen? Uh, I think it's eighteen. Uh, he comes to Thessalonica first, and uh, and he gets run out of town out of town okay. after three weeks. You know, he goes to Berea, and. Uh, and uh, and he, he preaches the gospel there, mm -hmm. and of course he's proving that Jesus is the Christ. Yes. And the Bereans, the Bible said, they search the scripture. What scripture? What scripture are we talking about? What scripture? Is it Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Testament. No, it's the Old Testament. They search the scripture to see whether what he was saying about Jesus was true. Yes. And you know what? It said they said yeah. Yeah, and uh, they were able to match that in the Old Testament with what they were talking about here, what they experienced with Jesus, and boom, it was a match. Yeah, and uh, and said they were more noble. Yes, they were more noble than the Thessalonians. Why? Because they didn't just believe Paul's preaching to believe it; mm -hmm. they searched the Scripture. Yes, yes. And so, uh, you know, in that regard, right there. So when you hear, um, and. Um, and like I said, you may not agree with this. You, and if you if you don't hang on, listen. You might you you might find that there's something here you haven't thought about. Yeah. But when you hear a preacher, or you hear a ministry, or let's say you're listening to Andy Stanley. Now, don't misunderstand me. I love Andy Andy Stanley, uh, but I, he's making statements that are dangerous. I believe they're heretical. Yes. And yes. Uh, and, and so, you know, without getting into a lot of things here, and Andy Stanley believes, and he says these things publicly. You can go watch this stuff. He's, these things he's been confronted with, he has not backed off of it. Okay. Um, even uh, Dr. Michael Brown interviewed him on this very issue, and that is unhitching from the Old Testament. All right. And, uh, and he... he, he he talked to him about it, and uh, but you know what? He talked around the issue, and and what does he continue to do? Doing the same thing. Yes. And he is preaching, and, and unfortunately, it's it's bringing a a, a a great deal of confusion into the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. Because Andrew Stanley is on television. Yep. He's got a big old church. Uh, his daddy uh, is uh, oh, what's the other Stanley there? Well, Charles Stanley. <laughs> Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley. That's, that's his daddy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but, but anyway, it's sad. So when you hear another ministry say, well, you know what? The law doesn't have anything to do with us today. We've all been delivered from it. They'll misinterpret passages and Colossians yeah. on this matter. So, 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 Pastor, with that kind of, they're going on about this, and this, we need, and that, this is one of the reasons we're talking about this, is we need to say, okay, when it comes to the atonement, when it comes to the, you know, which laws should we be following? Yeah. And I think both, of course, Jesus made a good statement. We'll go over that shortly. And Paul, in his vice lists, I, I tell you what, that, that yeah, term eight, is something else. Yeah, eight the different vice, vice lists. I mean, what, what was the, he possibly referring to? Yeah. He's talking about, he referred back to the Old Testament, those things, the laws that we need to keep. 
And so, anyway, so what we're going to do, and I want you to get your Bibles tonight. If you want, if you have your Bibles, or you want to listen to this, or grab your Bibles, and I want you to read so that you can see what we're reading, and what we're looking at, and we're going over, is Scripture. And I want you to follow along with us and help, because this is going to be, I think, a really good study for people to really have that um, open up to see exactly the tie-in between the Old Testament law or the moral laws or what we call what the holiness code. Yeah, the holiness code. And, and, and yeah, how that, that relates to what they wrote in the New Testament. Um, and, and you know, one of the things that uh, oh, how do I? You know what? Let me just. Let me just read this one. Okay. And it'll sort of set us up. Okay. Good. To what we're talking about here, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, this is uh, this is Romans uh, chapter uh, thirteen, and the overall context is about the authorities that God you know sets up. That there's no authority except those that are set up by God, mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 I you know this is. Y'all need to pray for President Biden. Yes, I really you do. Pray. I, mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't he, matter what we're talking about. Saddam Hussein, who was put to death. Yes. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. Adolf Hitler. It doesn't yeah. matter whether we're talking about Putin. It doesn't matter whatever. If we're going to have a biblical worldview, yes. Roman and thirteen says there is no authority that is here that is not set up so by, by God. God. I mean, and he, so God has purposes, yes, purposes that we don't understand. Okay, well, in that context, it tells us. That we ought to be paying our taxes, we ought to render to, to the authorities what is due. Uh, we need to to obey. We, we, in other words, it's very clear. And remember, Paul, the authority in his life when he's writing this, yeah. are basically Roman emperors that were evil. Evil. Okay, one of them <laughs> killed him. All right. All right. Tell you so, stories. so in here, I just want to read this. This is going to set this up. And, uh, and and I'm going to say something in a second about the Ten Commandments and what I believe the Holy Spirit yeah, pulled for. up the Ten Commandments. So, but here, verse eight, he says, "Owe nothing." This is Romans thirteen eight. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Love one another. He said, "For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law." Now, if I just stopped right there and didn't read anything else, uh, you know, I might misunderstand what he's talking about. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of people, that's what you'll hear. They're, they're doing that. They'll today. talk about I've heard that. Because I've had people tell me, well, you know, all I need to do is just love my neighbor and love, love God. Is love. And, okay, mm -hmm. well, is there a way to define what that love looks like? Yeah. Okay, that's the problem. And so Paul goes on and says, for this, you shall not commit adultery. Now, if you're not aware of this, he's, he's talking about the Ten Commandments here. Yes. Yeah. He said, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And when he quotes that, now first of all, he's quoting out the Ten Commandments. Yes. When he says you shall love your neighbor as yourself, where, what in the world is he drawing that from? From the Holiness Code. Yes, from the Holiness Code. From Leviticus 19, Leviticus right in the 19 middle of it. Two. Yeah, and the Holiness Code is... Um, Basically, uh, if you really want to get into it, it's 18, 19, and 20. Yes, and that's and, what we're uh, going to be looking at tonight. And, and anyway, and he goes on to say, love does, does no wrong to his neighbor, therefore love is a fulfillment of the law. 
And, uh, and then uh, look at verse 13. He says, let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing, drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, uh, and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. And there's a Greek term here that we were talking about earlier, acilia. And, uh, and, and you would just translate that. It's called sexual, you know, promiscuity. I can't say the word right now. Promiscuity. Yeah, pros- yeah there, there, there it is. <laughs> it has many words. Uh, many and, words. And, and, and the literal is debauchery. Yes, debauchery. And, uh, and so um, that's why it's, it's translated like that. But there is a place in the Old Testament, and we don't have to go there now, where we, we can see this. And it's in the giving of the law. Yes. With the golden calf, but we don't yeah, have to we'll, talk about that right now. We'll, but, get, there. we'll <laughs> get there. We'll get there. And uh, and, and um, the reason I'm bringing that, and, and, and by the way, mm-hmm. when Paul is is talking about that, one one of the things I want to mention is that you know the commandment, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." Yeah. What the holiness code is doing is it is amplifying that in all its properties. Yes. And uh, so that that commandment. Uh, Involves all types of sexual deviancy, yes. and so, and that's not all the holiness code is about, but it is very enlightening. And I and I think we need to go back and just look at Leviticus. Yeah, we're we're going to take a look at that now, uh, Pastor. I think uh, in you had quoted, I believe it was Paul there, but also Jesus when talking to the rich young ruler. I think we ought to bring that out because he points back. He said, well, what, what commandments should I follow? Right. What commandments should, should I follow? And he goes, he, he just starts listing the Ten Commandments. Yes, and, uh, and, and like I said, this is a proper understanding of it. This is Matthew 19. And, uh, and you know, he says, teacher, you know, uh, what if someone came to him and said, teacher, what good things shall I do that I may uh, obtain eternal life? And, and, and he, that is Jesus, said, why are you asking me about... Uh, what is good, there's only one who is good, but if you wish to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Um, and, uh, and this is the one who's going to go to the cross, okay? All right. Yes. And, uh, and then he said to him, which ones? And Jesus, notice this, you shall not commit a murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Once again, Leviticus 19. Yes. And it's restated again in Leviticus 20. In the Holiness Code. Yes. Um, and anyway. Uh, well, okay. And you, you notice that those uh, commandments that Jesus was talking about there had to do with the commandments that are dealing with the way you treat one another here. That, you know, didn't he say that you shall love the Lord your God? With all your heart, your soul, yes, that, your soul that, mind, that, that's another one. And then right? love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. That's once again. Again, reiterating, reiterating it. Um, but you see, the, the commandments in the Ten Commandments, and that's what I was looking at here. He starts off the Ten Commandments and saying, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or earth beneath that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy, I like this, mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Then the, then the next, I'll, I'll be real short here. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. And it goes on like that. And so it shall uh, do any work, uh, neither you nor your son or daughter, manservant, yada, yada. For six days God made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in them and rested the seventh day. Now at that point we stop. We draw a line. In the Ten Commandments, you know, well, he does, but, but, but at that point, all that was spoken right at the start. All that has to do with you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Yes. The rest of the commandment, from as everything, down, from murder, covetousness, uh, adultery, uh, everything, the rest of it is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because if, you, if, if I if I love you, Steve, I will not kill you. Yeah, true. You know, I won't murder you. If I if I love you, I'm not yeah. going to uh, uh, covet whatever you have, yeah. whether that's your wife, your car, your house, whatever it is. You know, I mean, if if someone says I love you, and you find out your best friend is cheating uh, with your wife. That, that man does not love you. No. Okay. No. And, 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 the, and so, you know, all of the commandments of God that deal with morality are summed up in the word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. My point in what I have a problem with when people say things like, well, the law doesn't have anything to do with us today, and therefore what happens when you make a, it, it, by the way, that's a false statement. That is a but, false but statement. But regardless, even if you have the best of intentions with it, and people will hear this and they'll say, well, I just need to love people. But if you have no definition of what that love means, mm -hmm. if you have no definition of what it means to uh, worship the Lord and Him only, yeah. in other words, how, how do I love the Lord? How do I love Him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and yeah. my strength? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why we need to read the Bible Okay, yes. and when we look at what the apostles wrote, uh, whether that's Paul, whether that's Peter, whether that's James, whether that's John, whoever it is, mm -hmm. and we notice them saying things like, if you practice these things, yes. uh, and, and you know, Paul's biggest vice list is, is Galatians 5. Yes. Uh, if you practice these things, everything from sexual sin, idolatry, uh, all types of behavioral attitudes and whatever. Uh, you'll, if you practice these things, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's the key. And he said, I warned you about it. I'm warning you about it again. Yep. And why would he write, these are Gentiles, by the way. Yes. Why would he write about those type of sins, which where do we find those sins? In the Holiness Code. Yes, in the Holiness okay. Code. Okay, so why would he write about that? If it doesn't have any bearing on my walk with Christ. Yeah. Now, once again, I'm not saved because I'm not an adulterer. 
No. I'm saved because I put my faith in Christ Jesus, but that faith means that I repent of whatever I've done to break God's law, mm -hmm. and I receive forgiveness for it in Christ, and there is an expectation from God clearly spelled out in the New Testament mm -hmm. that I that's supposed to be in my past. Yes. And that's why Paul can say things like this and and uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, there's a vice list right there. I think it starts in verse 19. Yeah. And, uh, oh, act, no, actually it starts in verse 7, I think. He gets into verse 11, and he said, For such were some of you. Mm -hmm. But now you're washed, you're cleansed, you're justified. Yes. In other words, in, in, in that vice list, there, the, the issue of homosexuality is there. That is true. Uh, but it's not just that. There's drunkenness. There's all so types of more. things he talked about mm -hmm. there. And, and what he was saying is, such were some of you. Some of you were drunkards. Some of you were homosexual. Some of you were adulterers. Some of you were, you know, covetous. Some yeah. of you were, you know, in, on the, you worshiped other gods. But when you met Christ, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means you're washed. You're washed. And it doesn't mean that God forgave me. Of adult, you know, he gave, forgave me of adultery, and then after I'm saved, I become a Christian adulterer. No, that's not what he said. Such were you. some of you. Yeah. So you see, the thing is, why would if it wasn't in the New Testament for if these were not wrong, why would we have to be washed from them? Yes, exactly. And, uh, and and let me let's just read this real quick. This is uh, this is Peter's rendition of the Holiness Code. Okay. And by the way, this is in the Holiness Code. Mm -hmm. uh, this is First uh, uh, Peter chapter one verse thirteen, and, uh, and, uh, and and we don't have time to get into all the context of this, but I would encourage you to read the first uh, twelve verses, which because he talks about Peter our salvation. What was it? Yeah, first Peter uh, chapter one verse thirteen. Okay, one thirteen. And this is out of the New American Standard. He says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober. Uh, now, anyway, keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely. Notice this. Fix your hope completely on what? The grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. And, you know, if I just stop right there, that's where a lot of grace preachers stop. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, see, we're all saved by grace. By grace. They forget that the same apostle that talked about being saved by grace through faith is the same apostle who wrote eight vice lists in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in his New, New Testament, Testament letters. And also in that same chapter said that we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works. Yeah, and and sometimes we fail to understand that here he says as obedient children do not be conformed to your former same thing Paul was talking mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. your former lust which was your which was yours in ignorance but like the holy one who called you be holy yourselves all in your be, in all your behavior because it is written you shall be holy, for I am holy. There it is. Look Where did he get it? That's I, if I if I understand this right. In this Leviticus, uh, let me make sure I got the right verse here. Uh, this is Leviticus nineteen verse two or Leviticus twenty verse seven. 
Yeah, it's, it's restated and, and twice. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. The Holiness Code, yes. Leviticus 18, 19, and 20. There it is. Okay. There, we, there we go. And, uh, and so, you know, when we go through the Holiness Code, understand this is the context that Peter's talking from. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the context that Paul was talking from. It's the context that Jesus was talking from. Yes. And so when they're talking about sin and they're talking about things that God forgives us of, things that should be in our past, we don't do these things anymore, how can I measure that? How can I measure whether I love God with all my heart? Well, the first thing is, yes, I don't, I don't, I don't worship Baal. Yeah, I don't worship Baal. I don't, I don't worship other gods. No. I don't make myself a god. How do I know that I love my neighbor as, as myself? Well, I don't cheat on my neighbor <coughs> uh, uh, with his wife. I don't, I don't covet what my neighbor has. I don't kill my neighbor because no. I'm mad. No. You know, I, in other words, there's a way to measure it. And how do we know that's the way to measure it? Because that's the way Jesus measured it, that's the way Paul measured it, mm -hmm. and that's the way Peter measured it. Didn't he say, well, I think Jesus said this, if you love me, or uh, yeah. you will keep my commandments. Yeah, you, you keep, keep my commandments. What commandments could he be possibly talking about? Yeah, which ones? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's, so, so, you know, anyway, so we go and we look at the Holiness Code, and, and we're about to read a few verses of we're it. We're going to go. And, and, and I want to pre-warn you right now. If uh, if you have small children, and maybe yeah. you're watching this, and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't hear these things, but we are going to be talking about things in the Holiness Code that are that are yeah. a little bit sensitive. And, and, and let me just say this. I understand. I have talked to enough people as a pastor who have been sexually abused by an adult. Yeah. I understand that that is painful. And and obviously God can, you know, he can help people and we 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 ministered to people like that. My wife was sexually abused like that. And and so we don't want to cause anybody any pain. But I want you to understand Leviticus 18. It, the first out of the gate it is it is it, it is rough. It and, is uh, raw, and what we're going to do is we're so, going to tie in things. And yeah, yeah, it's it's best that okay, yeah. And uh, I'm probably going to have to put a special label on this when we push it up on Facebook too. But the thing here is this: is that well, and Pastor, I'm, I want to. You see, we're talking about the the people who have been abused and this type of thing. But also, didn't he say that you uh, had? This is weeks ago. You were talking about how that when God restores you, it restores to uh, like you were before that ever happened. Something. Yeah, that that, that is. Um, um, let me make sure I have that. Right. Uh, I, I, this is really important to draw out. Now, when we see something bad, things happen in this life. That's not God doing it to you. That's not no. God. It's it's because of sin and because of what we deal with here in this life. I mean, there was a shooting at a, a school in Denver yesterday. Why do people do that? This type of thing. So uh, I was I'm, just, I'm vamping and giving Pastor a, a little bit of time to be able to find that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Oh, this is one of the passages. You know, they, I I quoted. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's talking in terms of the law being good. And let me go back. I think I know what I did a while ago. 
I didn't I didn't go far enough into it. Okay. Uh, but I believe it is Psalm 19. I, I'm almost 100% sure. If it's not, uh, it probably should have been. Um, you think as many times I've ministered on these things, if this would be good. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I got this all underlined, so it's probably right here. Um, it, Psalm 19. Yes, it was right there. I just didn't read far enough. Psalm 19. Uh, and, uh, and this is the psalmist writing this, and this is what he says. He said, the law of the Lord. I want you to understand what he meant by the law of the Lord. He's talking, he's not talking so much about the sacrificial. No. He's talking about the moral and the civil part of the law. Yes. In the which, which, by the way, if you live in the United States, most of our laws originally were based on based the on Mosaic the civil law. Okay. Yes. Uh, but here he says, the law of the Lord is perfect. That's amazing right there. Mm -hmm. Remember, Paul said the law of God is is good and it is holy. Yes. Okay. Um, and then here's the, 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 the part that you were talking about, restoring the soul. Yes. And, uh, and, and, it, and he's going to go on and say a few other things about the law of God, but this is what's so amazing because in the Hebrew here, uh, there's two words that, that we're looking at that are behind the word restoring uh, or I think, what does the New King James say about this? Okay, uh, let, let the me New King it James uses a different word. Um, it, it, either one's fine. This would be uh, Psalm 19, verse 7. That's fine. I'll get it. It'll come right up. That's why I have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Computers are wonderful. The perfect revelation of the Lord. I love that. Okay, come on. You can kind of, okay, we do have internet today. Verse 7? Yes. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting... The soul. Yeah, converting. And uh, and by the way, converting, restoring, either one's fine because mm -hmm. it really needs both of those things. Yes. What the psalmist is saying, and the soul there, he's talking about the inward parts. That is your mind, your emotions, the heart of yeah. man, the feelings. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I find so amazing about this. And, and when when I saw this years ago, I mean, it just, it, I just, that's amazing. God is saying here that God's law is so perfect that it has the ability to take you from where you were scarred and injured and bring you to a place in your soul yes. as if it never happened. Yes. That is the power of God. That's the power of his word. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and, and I've so. seen him do this with people. I've seen him do this with me. Yes. Uh, you know, you can't be in ministry as long as Steve and I have been in it and, and live to tell about it and have a smile on your face without God's ability to do that. Yes, that's um, true. But, but, I, I, but, but beyond all that, I mean, I've seen people abused, sexually abused. I've seen people raped. I've seen just horrible things happen to people. And I've seen them get their mind so renewed with God's word yes. that it literally converted, restored to an original, in their soulish parts, it, to an original place before the scar injury ever happened. Yeah. But can and he do that, that tonight to the, somebody that might be listening? Yes, to yes he can. And so, um, you know, if, if you'll take out his word and, uh, and you're willing to follow Jesus, and trust him. Uh, even some of the things that we're going to 
talk about in the holiness code, and it may touch on a nerve with you. And I, yes. and, and like I said, we're not trying to do it for that reason. Uh, one of the things we like to say around here is we don't protect anybody from the Bible, and no. uh, and, and because we don't need to be. No. This is God's word, and if everybody would obey this, then we wouldn't have some of the things that happen uh, happen to people. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Let's let's we're going to dig in. We're going to go back now. Understand? We're not prompting. Uh, I guarantee you, we're not getting through this whole night. But we're going to be having different things. And what I'd like to do, Pastor, is uh, we'll, we'll continue through the Holiness Code probably into next week, even the following week, though, after that. This is a study. Now, if you really are serious about learning the Word of God and digging deep and digging into what these things are saying, uh, like I was telling JP uh, just a little bit ago, uh, you can't buy this stuff. You can't. I mean, the, the kind of teaching and the kind of depth of the Word of God here. Uh, that that's uh, in all this you don't see a lot of preachers talking about it today no because they're so worried that they're not going to get their tithes or their offerings if they start talking about laws and things that they that people need to stop doing right and the thing is is that um oh, I, i'll tell you what uh, you're not going to hear this. So, uh, I'm going to tell you what Joel Osteen is not going to be out there telling you all about this and digging deep into this He's going to tell you about your best life now, and he's going to ignore the fact that maybe somebody is deep in sexual sin. Maybe somebody is doing things that they shouldn't do. Now, now the evangelist is coming out. Stop it. Um, but anyway, that you're not going to hear that everywhere. But what we're doing and what, uh, you know, like Pastor, a couple of days, he said, let's pray about this. Let's see, figure out what we're going to do. And um, we went this direction. God's leading this direction tonight. And so we want you to stay with us for the next couple of uh, uh, podcasts after this, even because I'd like to, on the third. I'd like to get into the vice lists. Yes, and, and this is a perfect, and we'll probably end up getting into it anyway. But yeah, no, but, uh, yeah. But like I said, uh, that's one of the most fascinating things. I don't remember if I ever did a series on it. I know I referred to it, and I believe I'm right on this number. But there are eight vice lists just from the Apostle Paul. Yes. Just eight of them. Some of them are smaller. Some are really big, like the biggest one in Galatians 5. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and you know, and, and, and all those five lists have a con context. They all have a, and, and so, you know, when you're reading through it and you're seeing a vice list, say you're reading through Galatians, mm -hmm. or maybe you're reading through Ephesians, or maybe you're looking at Colossians, or you're looking at first or second, I mean, first Corinthians, I mean, uh, it, you got to be brave to read through First Corinthians. Anyway, um, you know, because it's all corrective. It's all Actually, corrective. the first two letters to the Corinthians are mm -hmm. corrective. Uh, but but anyway, you, when you run into one of these vices, one of the things you need to do, pay attention to what's being said. Yes. Why did Paul talk about these things? Yeah. By the way, Paul's not the only one that has vices. Jesus had some vices. Yes, he did too. When he talked about the things that proceed from the heart. And the, the thing is, why? And, and, and he is speaking to the New Testament church. And all you guys like to want to, oh, listen, with the Old Testament. He's speaking to the New Testament church, and he's standing, saying, and here, here's the brevity of the situation. If you practice these things, you're not going to make the kingdom of God. We have Christians out there being taught that it's okay to do this, that, and the other thing, and that, oh, a Christian gay, that is, uh, that is not right. 
or, or you know, it's just like a Christian adulterer or a Christian murderer. Yeah, we're just going to live together, you know, and and things. And, and you know, and here's uh, something that you're going to hear, and we like to clarify things if we can, and uh, because I've had people to, to say these things to me, and and uh, you know, because uh, you know, people they. Hear, you know, we, we get people in the church, and, and they come from different backgrounds and different places. And so when they hear me say something, they may have not had the whole context of hearing me speak for years or, yeah. or developing things. And obviously we can't rehearse everything we do every Sunday morning to catch everybody at speed. Yeah. Okay. So someone will come and say, well, Pastor, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I just don't agree with that because, you know, that was just written to the Jews and, and, that, and all these things just refer to them. And uh, in the law of Moses, and uh, and you know, and, and one of the things I try to do is I say, okay, is that really what you believe? You want to you want to stay with that? And uh, because let's 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 go ahead and go to scripture, yeah. And let's make some observations. Number one, Paul's whole ministry was primarily to Gentile believers. Yes. So why in the world is he That's using us. the Old Testament? Yeah. But, well. We didn't answer that question, but need, but let's just play the game. Okay. Why is he using the Ten Commandments? Why is he using the Holiness Code? Why is he using anything, the Psalms, whatever he's using, uh, something in the prophets that he's pulling out? I mean, why is he using anything in the Old Testament to talk to Gentile believers? Yeah. Why would you do If it doesn't have anything to do yeah. with any of us today, then why in the world would why you do, would that? do it? Why would you go through Paul's writing? And that's why I, I encourage everybody to get you a good Bible that's a reference Bible. Yes. And uh, well, I like a center column. That's the way I like it, but they're, they're, they do them differently. You can, you can get these almost in any version. I would I would encourage you to either use the New American Standard or the New King James. Yeah. But, but irregardless of that, you know, pay attention when you see, like in my new uh, King James here, um, I'm not new King James, my new American Standard new American here, Standard. Uh, when an Old Testament scripture is being referenced or, or being quoted, I should say, mm -hmm. they're all put in capital letters. Yes. And, what, and I like that because it automatically identifies, and then you have the reference, and then you can go back in the Old Testament and you can see it. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and that's that's an advantage, uh, and uh, and that's also the reason we encourage people to do a systematic study. Notice I didn't say reading a study, study of scripture. The Bible, yeah, Bible you, never says anything about just reading. Yeah, I mean I, it's understood that you have to read it to study, to study it, but the issue is to study yeah. and uh, to meditate, to renew your mind with the scripture, mm -hmm. and uh, and the best way to do that is you know we start. Uh, with any book of the Bible we start with, we start in chapter 1. Mm -hmm. And we read the whole thing through, and we look at it on how it's being said, and we look at the context of every statement that is in there. Yeah. And, and I know someone said, well, man, I don't even read the Bible. That sounds difficult. Well, you know what? It just depends on what you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it just really does. I mean, do we really want to follow Jesus or not? You know, and uh, and so to be a follower of Jesus, you have to know the Scripture. Yeah. You need to have a prayer life. You need to go to a good Bible-believing church. You don't go to places that say you need to unhitch from the Old Testament. No, no. You don't go to people who tell you that now that you're a Christian, it doesn't matter what you do, you're good with God. That is heresy. Yeah. 
And what's the, okay. the worst part about that, Pastor, is that they're going to end up in hell. Yes, and we don't want that. We don't want that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, that's, and, that's, and that's pretty plain, but that's right out there. If you, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's telling me that if I'm a practicing this or that or the other thing in these uh, laws, these moral laws, or these laws that we're talking about, I'm not going to make it into heaven. Right. I mean, because, well, first of all, uh, in the New Testament concept, what, what did Ezekiel prophesy? He said that God would put his, he would take the old stony heart of flesh out of us. He would put a new heart of flesh. Yeah. He would put the spirit within us. He would write his laws upon our, upon our heart. Yes. And so when you're, when you uh, encounter Christ, and that is he draws you by the spirit. You repent. You give your life to him. You become a follower the advantage that you have of any Old Testament saint is that you have the Spirit within you. Yes. And what is the Spirit doing? What did Paul say? He is there to 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 work in us. Mm -hmm. He's there to do not only to will but to work. In other words, he work. puts a willingness in me to want to follow Christ. Yes. What is the law that Paul used in Gentile churches? It is a definition on how to follow Christ. How to follow Christ. Yeah, if I if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to break the Ten Commandments, the second half of them. If I love God, I'm not going to worship foreign gods and get involved in witchcraft and divination. Yep. Uh, so That's it's real. Right. It's real simple, and uh, so it's a measuring stick. Yeah. So I'm looking here. I'm, I'm looking at the clock. We have 15 minutes. So what we're going to do is that we're going to begin the, um, and we're going to begin to, I want to read this particular first section of Leviticus 18. And again, for you to, to reiterate, the holiness code that we are talking about, Leviticus 18, 19, and 20. Now if you go after that, it talks about uh, the priests and how to set up the priests. You go before that, it talks about blood and the different types of things. Uh, like that. But right here, Leviticus 18, 19, and 20 is what we're talking about, the holiness code. So uh, now after clarifying that, but let's, let's begin and get ready for a ride here. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. According to the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall observe my judgments and, my, and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Okay, let's think about what was said right there. Notice the terms Egypt and Canaan are mentioned. Egypt, where you came from. Canaan, where you're going. Don't do what they're doing. I mean, isn't that what he's saying? I mean, basically, and so everything that we're going to see in the Holiness Code that are what we'll call prohibitions. Now, the things that God says, don't do this, are things that either Egypt or Canaan or both of them are doing. And, uh, and, and, and what's interesting here 
is there's going to be a, a Hebrew term that is brought out in several places in the Holiness Code. It's called toiba. Toiba. And so toiba behavior uh, was something that God judged Gentile nations for. Another way to say this, and I, I, this is probably an overly simplistic way of looking at it. Somebody says, well, what in the Old Testament am I actually responsible for? Well, in the law, you know. Well, a, a good way to say it is whatever God judged a Gentile nation for doing, you're responsible for that. Yeah, you probably okay, that, that, That's probably something you want to stay away from, like things like witchcraft, things like, you know, a lot of the sexual sin that we'll talk about here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I, look, when we're talking about the law, we're not talking about dietary issues. We're not talking about fabrics. We're not talking about some of the things that were distinct for Israel and, and and I'm not saying that they don't have some value here and there but I'm just saying no. that's not what we're talking about no because there's things in the New Testament we'll get into that that talk about how that it's okay you can eat pork now it's all right yeah. you know okay. there were some there were some prohibitions against unclean animals mm -hmm. that would have been one of them there okay but that was that was a you know dealt with there mm -hmm. I told a lady one time, because she was saying, well, you know, I just don't believe you should eat pork, Pastor. I don't believe you should eat this and that. And uh, I, and I said, you know, uh, one thing I do know is that God never judged a Gentile nation because they ate shellfish, pork, and wore mixed fabrics. Yeah. Can you show me anything where he judged anybody like that? No. And, of course, she knew the Bible. I was like, well, no, they didn't. I said, what did God judge people for? What did he judge... Uh, not even, not just, uh, not just Gentile nations. What did he judge Israel for, and what caused him to go into uh, the uh, uh, Syria initially with yeah, Israel Syria, in the battle Babylon. later? Yeah, toy law behavior. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about here is toy law behavior. Toy law behavior. Now, one thing I do, I do want to. By the way, toy law. Just we we I, we're just making assumptions, abomination, abomination, uh, detestable. Perversions. Yes. Okay. There are seven things, but I don't need to be started with that one. But, okay, so Egypt. I, one of the things is that those nations around them, you ask yourself the question, when the Israel went into the promised land, God had them as an army. They went in as an army. And they went in and they destroyed all the land, or all the, I don't know what their, their nations or what, what there were, well, countries, whatever. Well, there's, well, you know, Canaan, it started with Jericho. I mean, uh, Jericho, you know, that was the first AI. Part I mean, uh, and, uh, and, and this gets into even a bigger discussion, yeah, which does, we're not going to get into. We, but when we yeah. get into the giant races that were there, yeah, and they're yeah. identified by the Amorites and, they, and some of the things that happened. But, but irregardless of that, that's where they were going. And one of the things that Canaan had a problem with, the same thing Egypt had a problem with, and they did use different names. Yeah. Okay. But to use things that are familiar to most of us, things like the worship of Baal. That's yeah. why they made a golden calf yes. after the commandments were given. Yeah. Okay, that, 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 that bull represented Baal. Uh, the Ashtroph uh, was uh, another thing so that was very yeah, associated. You see Baal and the Ashtroph are mentioned all throughout the Old Testament. And, uh, and so what are we talking about? Baal worship was the rebellion 
the 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 way to replace the worship of Yahweh, mm -hmm. and Ashraf was more in the in the terms of sexual and also war yeah. violence, and uh, so there's two sides of that one, and uh, the, the, that's the, what they worshipped. Yeah, and the, the thing that we were talking about a little earlier here before the podcast. Coming out of Egypt, he said, don't do what they were doing. Now think about this. Moses, on the mountain, getting the Ten Commandments, bringing the commandments down, and he looked down there, and what did they do? They had Aaron fashion a gold calf for them out of their gold. They got out of their, all the gold. They have a gold calf. They're dancing, and... Here's the thing in my mind, and which is the thing is, is that what was a part of Baal worship, and if not that, and then you, when we start going down here, you will see some of the things that we're talking about, is that they were basically, it's very possible they were having orgies. And the thing is, is that he went down there and saw them, that's how they worshiped their gods. That's what they did. And then so God felt it necessary to go through a holiness code here that talks about all sorts of sexual sin yeah. and abominations before him. Yeah, it, it, you know, you, you, you would think that, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery would be good enough, but God says, okay, let me, let me explain to you the broad term or the specific terms yeah. of what we're talking about because he's talking about sexual sin. Yes. Once again, there's a way to measure that. Uh, we were, I think we were talking about this earlier. Uh, that uh, you know, if we were, we were, well, we may have even mentioned it here, but uh, but the Romans thirteen, where Paul bring, gets into the holiness code there, yes. and and also in the Ten Commandments, in making that relevant to the believer there, uh, under living under authority, yes, of uh, you know government authorities that God has uh, instituted, yes, um, and so if you're dissatisfied with our present government. Just remember, uh, there was a government a whole lot worse than yes, Paul was, was talking about, oh, right? Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and so, you know, he's, he's going into that. And then one of the Greek terms that are used is acelia, uh, which we talked about is debauchery. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that term is applied to, because he's going to the Holiness Code, and I think the Holiness Code is written because of what happened with the golden calf and the word dancing is used there I think it's uh, Genesis 34 uh, dancing is used and and obviously there's something going on there yeah. that I think the holiness now, I, I, want you, I want you to put yourself in Moses position Pastor if they were just dancing they're doing the merry whatever that thing is uh, dancing in a circle or just dancing around and it's like a discotheque down there below the calf. Now, that would be, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know what kind of dances they were doing, but that would not cause him to get so upset, so angry, so disturbed, that he just broke and threw those things down. Yeah, there was, there was, there was things going on there, and I think the context of the giving of the law, and especially the holiness code, would give you an understanding. And then also looking at the New Testament and how they viewed the Holiness Code and how they talked 
to Gentile believers about how we are to respond to it. Uh, and then you look at the worship of Baal and the Astros in Egypt. Yes. And then under their counterparts in Canaan, um, obviously, I, I think it's pretty easy to see that there was more than... There's more than them doing the cha-cha down there. Yeah. They're, they're, they, were, they were doing a lot more. I'm a little bit more uh, blunt. But yes, and, it's, it's, and from what we understand of history and Baal worship, and from what we glean and what we are about to start reading about, is that they were having an orgy, uh, and it's very possible, and I, I think it's very probable in my opinion, that they were having an orgy down there at the foot of that calf. And the thing here is, is that he sees that, man, he, he, he got upset. But anyway, let me just read the first verse because I know we're going to have to wind up. I want to read verse 6 to you. And then I think we need to understand a term here. Yes. None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him. That means your relatives. That means your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, grandma, grandpa, aunts, uncles, what have you, uh, grandchildren. None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I'm just going to. I am the Lord. Now I'm going to stop with that one. Now the term pastor uncover his nakedness. It, it brings back and goes back to the time that Noah had, uh, which one of his sons, Ham. Ham, went on, and the Bible says that he uncovered his father's nakedness. Yes, and, and this term, uh, like I said, it's when you're reading this um, in an English translation, this, let me read it, this is New American Standard. It says the same thing. None of you shall approach any blood relative, of his to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. And, and so when we're talking about uncovering nakedness, that is a Hebrew term. It's it, it just it literally just means you're uncovering somebody's private parts so that you can have sex with them. That's the bottom line. Uh, it, it's a it's a sexual term mm -hmm. to uncover someone's nakedness is more than just taking their clothes off. Yes. Okay. It's the concept that you are doing something, and in this context, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Yes. Okay. So if you're if you're uncovering the nakedness of a blood relative, you're, you're basically it's it's going to be it's, yeah, you're, you're going to have sex with your relative. Yeah. And, and that's and that's every one of these uh, is a term here when you're looking at. It. And by the way, these are not. Uh, these are not terms that, well, if you're a liberal theologian or if you're a conservative theologian or if there could be anything validity about this, an LGBTQ theologian. Yeah, no. It don't matter who no. you are. No. By the way, they're yeah. not theologians. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, trying. They, they don't have a biblical worldview, let's put it that way. Uh, but I have never heard anybody go through this part of the holiness code that had any disagreement with anything we said. No. When it, I mean, the Hebrew term no. is very simple. No. You're uncovering their private parts. It's for the purpose of having sexual relations. Yeah. 
And that's what it's talking about. The reason that we're taking that phrase and, and discussing it now is because as we go down, you will he, he, it, it is repeated again and again and again as we go through this term. And um, yeah, yeah, we're at the we're at the hour. So the, yeah, we probably ought not to unpack. Uh, let's uh, not unpack Genesis thirty four, but uh, yeah, or not not yeah, not Genesis thirty four. I'm sorry, um, at, uh, Genesis uh, chapter, I believe. Was that 18? That's what we're looking at. We're talking about Noah. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't 18. It was, I can't even remember what it was now. We were looking at it. Anyway, I may have marked it. But we, well, we're not going to unpack Noah, but I think that would be a good place to start next week yes. as we go through this issue. Yeah, it, because yeah. what we're talking about here, and this is an uncomfortable term, and we're not yes. trying to be uncomfortable, we're talking about incest. That's right. And uh, and And so, you know, Moses is pretty clear in this holiness code. He doesn't leave anything left to be desired. He, he doesn't leave <laughs> any stone uncovered. I mean, it's uh, quite right there in and, your face. Uh, and, and so, yeah. and, and that's, and, and when we talk about the uncovering the nakedness, when we, we go back and we look at what happened after Noah got drunk, yes. and his nakedness was uncovered by him. You could even go all the way back to when. Adam and Eve realized yeah. that they were naked. Yes. And and the thing is, is that as you're tying back, you're looking at all of this, uncovering their private areas. There are areas, we call them privates. I mean, that's just the way it was but, uh, that we, we say that to our children and stuff so we don't get graphic. Uh, th that is what we're talking about here. And Pastor, there's so much... Yeah, we're there, going to there, go there's, through there's here. a lot, and, yes. uh, and we're not trying to tease you with it. No, uh, but, but you need to tune in. Yeah, you so. need to tune in because we're going to go through here, and we're not going to. There, there's no intention here to be graphic and and vulgar. It's the fact that he is very. You see, we live in a day and age where they say this kind of stuff. Just go ahead. And, and, and the thing is, is that, you, do you realize that in the time of Roman, I'm just going to say, old um, Caligula had relations with his horse and wanted to marry his horse. I'm going to tell you what, this is what Paul and, and the apostles were dealing with. And today, it's being unraveled again. Yeah, there's nothing new. What did what Solomon say? There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. I mean... Everything that is has been. Yeah. And, and a lot of times what we think is, oh, this is all brand new. There, there's nothing. Sin has always been sin, and mm -hmm. it always manifests. And actually everything that's going on in our country and even around the world right now can be explained in terms of Romans chapter 1 as one of the symptoms that you can tell of the wrath of God being poured out on a country, a people, what are they? They are, we get into what we call idol worship. Yes. We begin to worship the creature rather than the creator. Mm -hmm. And what is the manifestation of that? Homosexual sin. That's right. All that is yeah. is a symptom of the wrath of God. People who basically... You know, they 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 turn. But if, 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 this is a term. Even though they knew God, yeah, they didn't give God glory. They didn't. In other words, they not only talked. 
They only did the they only did the wrong thing. They taught people to do them. And, and, and then what is those transvestites that are talking to your children? And what is the wrath of God? Doing? He gives them up. Yes. He gives them up. They made an exchange. And he gives them up to uncleanness. Yeah. He gives them up to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And what does that giving up look like? It looks like the only place where a lesbian relationship is mentioned, that the women look, they went against nature. And they, in other words, they left their, 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 what God created a woman to do is have natural um, tendencies to, to love children, to who want to have a family, and what do they do? They left that function, and they went with each other. Yes. And and, and for Paul, he he was shocked by it. Yeah. You read it. He said, even the women. Yeah. And then he talked about men, and he talked about the homosexual sex there. Yeah. Men with men, and and, and so we're not we're not trying to camp out on that. But what I want you to see is that what you see in this country right now is here because. The wrath of God is being poured out because oh, we have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I, I realize that you're not going to hear this everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're not saying we're the only people who are talking about it. No. But I am going to say this. It is rare. And, it is uh, rare. And we're not saying it to make you uncomfortable. We're not trying to build ourselves up. But we don't want people to think they're going to heaven and find out they're end up in hell. That would be a tragedy. Uh, we're, we're past our time. Yeah, we're not, past not our much. time. We're Folks, four seconds past. And, and the, the thing is, is that if you're going to watch us live, hopefully that we'll be able to coordinate this, that every Thursday night we're going to be having the uh, podcast now. I got, I, I'm, I'm in a job now, and pastor's in a job, so we have to maneuver our time. But you need to tune in. You need to tune in next week as we continue to go through this. You're not going to see this kind of study. You're not going to get this kind of study other places. I guarantee you you're not going to get some of this study. And we're going to bring it to you, and we're, we're, we're not going to hold punches. Because the fact of the matter is you need to know this. You need to understand this. And uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to continue to bring this out. All righty, uh, Pastor, let's pray before we uh, dismiss here, and then uh, we'll, we'll get going. Do you want to pray? Yeah, yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And, and, and Lord, as we look at the Holiness Code, uh, Lord, I want us all to be reminded of what Paul said about the law. And he said the law is good and the law is holy. In fact, if it hadn't been for the law, I would have never known that I needed Christ and I, ne- and I needed forgiveness. And yet, Paul also used, not just Paul, but Jesus and Peter and all the apostles, they used the law as a measuring stick on how we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, yeah. and, uh, and how we love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Lord, help us to be followers of Jesus. Help us to be followers of him. And if there's someone who's listening to this today, and, and maybe, just maybe, uh, this is something that they've never heard. Maybe they're going to a church and they've never heard anything like this. Um, Lord, I, I pray to God that they won't take our word for it. They'll be like the Bereans. They'll search the scripture themselves yeah. and uh, and uh, and be convinced themselves of this. Uh, but if there's someone here today that just does not know you at all, maybe they're watching this. Maybe they don't even know how they even got here, but something 
I would take it if you're drawing them and they watch this and, and, and all of a sudden there's something in their heart that says, man, I need to get right with God. Yeah. I pray that they'll, they'll repent. Yes. They'll give their life to Jesus. They'll call upon you. Believe that Jesus is Lord. Believe that, that, that God raised him from the dead. And you said if they'll do that, they'll be saved. And, uh, and then, Lord, if they, they make that confession of faith, uh, Lord, I, I'm praying that you will lead them to a good church, a good Bible-believing church, where they can grow in their faith and they can be discipled and they can grow in grace. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We will see you again next Thursday night, uh, around 6.30-ish uh, Central Time. And uh, God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. And we'll see you next week.